You're listening to COSAM Talks, the monthly podcast for Auburn University's College of Sciences and Mathematics. Today on COSAM Talks, we are speaking with Daniel S. Jones from the Department of Biological Sciences here at Auburn University. Daniel is the recipient of a $750,000 National Science Foundation Award to better understand sunflower development and evolution. Welcome, Daniel. Thank you for being part of this episode. Thank you for having me on here. I'm very excited to tell everyone about our research. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself first, and how did you start working with sunflowers? Yes, of course. Um, I'm an assistant professor here at Auburn. I'm a plant developmental biologist, and I'm starting my second year here. Um, My wife's son and I moved to Auburn last year from North Carolina. Uh, It was there that I was doing my postdoctoral work on flower development and stem cell signaling. My work at the University of North Carolina alongside my advisor, Zach Nimchuk, is actually what really got me interested in studying sunflowers. So just like in animals, plants have stem cells. These are a special type of cell that can develop into many, if not all, other cells in an organism. But plants are really special in that these stem cells are maintained at the very tips of branches and roots throughout the entire lifespan of a plant in order to support something called indeterminate growth. So indeterminate growth is actually how plants can live to be thousands of years old. It's how trees can drop their leaves in the winter and produce more the next spring. It's where all plant organs actually come from, including flowers. During my postdoc, we found that stem cell signaling may be a little different in sunflowers, and here at Auburn, our goal is to figure out just how different and whether these essential processes may actually be the key to how the sunflower first evolved. Wow, plants really are special. That's really interesting. Now, although most people think a sunflower is just one flower, can you explain how a sunflower is actually made up of many flowers? Of course, yeah. So a sunflower's flower, also known as a head, is actually an inflorescence, or a group of flowers, called a capitulum. The sunflower capitulum is made up of two different flower types. One type are called the marginal ray florets. These are arranged on the outside of the capitulum and are what produce the long, showy rays that we think of as the sunflower's petals, so the long yellow bits. The other type are called disc florets, and they make up the center of the capitulum and have very small petals that are typically fused together in a tube and can range in color from yellow to purple depending on the type of sunflower. These actually look like stars. They have five little points if you look at them very closely. So each flower in a capitulum produces one seed after fertilization. Um, So the capitulum inflorescence is actually found in the entire sunflower family, which is about 10% of all flowering plants, or around 30,000 species, and it's believed to be the reason for this large family's success. You can find sunflower relatives all over the globe, except for in Antarctica. Um, So these large clusters of many small flowers kind of function as one big flower when it comes to important things like attracting pollinators or dispersing seeds. Because of this, capitula are also referred to as pseudanthia, or false flowers. Oh, so now that you can find sunflowers all over the globe, can you tell us a little bit why it's more important to learn about the sunflower genomes? Yeah, so a a genome is basically a representation of the genes from any given organism. These can function as maps for us to better understand evolutionary histories and can also help us identify genes that are or are not present or functional in any given species. So genomes in the sunflower family are actually kind of notorious for being difficult to build or sequence and assemble. 
and thus the largest flowering plant family has very few species that have fully sequenced genomes. But recent technology has enabled scientists to overcome these obstacles that has made these, these genomes kind of difficult. So during our project, we will be assembling genomes of many sunflower relatives, both in the sunflower family, the species that have capitula, as well as from closely related plant families that have different inflorescence types. Comparing these species' genomes along with data our lab will produce to determine what genes are expressed during inflorescence development in all of these species, we will be able to identify genes that are important for capitulum development and help us to understand how this inflorescence first evolved. How does understanding the structure of a sunflower help agriculture? So actually, the vast majority of our food is derived from flowers. This includes grains, fruits, and seeds. So understanding flower development is really important for crop improvement through genetics and breeding. Inflorescences especially have been a target of crop breeders because alterations in these structures can have many benefits, ranging from a straightforward increase in yield, so more flowers produce more seeds or fruits per plant, um, all the way to optimizing things like harvest potential. So when seeds or fruit are retained on the plant and they don't fall off onto the ground, making it easier to get. As crops, sunflowers are typically grown for their seed and the, and the oil their seeds produced. So as an example, our work will actually help us understand how sunflower capitula develop. And that can also help to identify genes linked to increases in the number of flowers made per plant and thus seed yield or seed oil yield in this case. Ah. Now what can we learn about evolution from studying sunflowers? We can actually learn a lot about evolution from sunflowers. One of the coolest things about this family is that all 30,000 species have this structure, the capitulum. So when you look at other plant families that are closely related to the sunflower family, none make capitula. But instead, they have various other inflorescence types ranging from single flowers to some that have many flowers that are spread out across a longer stem. You can think of snapdragons or flowers from tomato plants. So the sunflower family's capitulum is a trait that we find throughout the whole family. We call that a conserved trait that differs from close relatives from other families. So understanding inflorescence development across all of these species will provide insight into how novel traits evolve and come to be and thus we kind of use a capitulum as a test case for understanding evolution. Oh wow, that's great. Why do you think developing a new model system for this family is important for the scientific community? Well, in genetics and in molecular biology, many of our most basic discoveries happen in model systems. What I mean by a model system is essentially a representative organism for a certain group that's easier to work with in a lab setting making experiments more robust, really simply because we can just do more with them. So as I mentioned before, species in this family have notoriously difficult genomes to assemble and work with, and, thus, uh, and this has inhibited our progress in sunflower genetics. But this characteristic doesn't necessarily apply to the entire family, uh, but just the species that we've been focusing on for their agricultural value, like sunflowers or even lettuce. So yeah, lettuce is actually in this family, and when it flowers, it makes capitula. Our lab currently is looking for several species in the sunflower family that have been previously overlooked in this way in order to identify a new model for studying capitulum development. 
These species should be easy to grow, have fast lifespans, and work well in the lab for a variety of different genetic and molecular studies. So hopefully, next time I'm on here, I can tell you all about our new model system and the cool things we're learning from it. Well, we would absolutely love to hear more about that. And is there anything that you would like to share more about sunflowers or your research? Yeah, I'd just like to say that there are tons of commonly grown sunflower relatives all around you on any given day. These include some that you may now suspect after kind of hearing some of this, like daisies, dahlias, mums, coneflowers, black-eyed Susans, cosmos, and asters. But there are also many relatives that you may not know are actually related to sunflowers, like lettuce, as mentioned, or artichoke, stevia, thistles, and even dandelions. So I'd like to encourage everyone to occasionally stop and take a look at the large diversity of plants around you. Maybe even look closely at a flower nearby and see if you can determine if what you thought was a single flower is actually hundreds of small flowers. That might just be a capitulum. Thank you so much, Daniel, for sharing the insight about your research with us. I'm not sure that I'm ever going to look at a sunflower in the same way. Now I'm going to always be wondering how many flowers are really in there and trying to count them. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me on this episode of COSAM Talks. If you would like to read more about Daniel's research, please visit aub.ie forward slash djones or search the hashtag COSAMTalks on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram to learn more about his NSF grant and the interesting research that he'll be doing. 